Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm sitting across the table from the very, very scholarly-looking guard dog, Steve, who looks Uh like he just got a new pair of glasses. (laughs) My wife picked me out a new pair of glasses, but it's great to be able to see. I was wearing such a scratched-up pair of glasses. My word, I can't believe I've put up with those glasses for so long. But it's just beautiful to be able to see. It's just a thing of beauty. And you look scholarly. Arr, arr, arr. <laughs> Good. I, I can rub my chin to complete the look. How about yes. that? That's a scholarly look. That's a, he's a scholar. He can't say agree anymore. You have to say concur. And Con- yeah, yeah, yeah. I concur <laughs> with that. Well, we got a lot of feedback from the last podcast on hitting the mark the Hooper Intangamo word I actually I meet with a group of people on Saturday night as you know or we, we do it like every other Saturday and they listen to the podcast and they were explained Hooper and Tangamo again and Hooper and Tangamo and where is that word and they were uh, their mind was blown with the comparison of Hitting the mark is the Hooper and Tangamo. Maybe we should break the word down again. It, it's not always Hooper and Tangamo. Sometimes it's just Intangamo. Yeah. Yes. Or Tangamo. Yeah. Harmartia. And Harmartia is the word that we. It's always gets translated to sin. And it, the first meaning of it is to miss the mark. As you explained last week, I'll let you explain. Yeah, the first meaning of it is an archer's term, which means to miss the mark. That is what we do when we sin. We miss the mark. And I miss the mark all day long in in my own human nature. I just don't hit the mark very much. I harm Artia. I sin. As opposed to Tungano, which means hit the mark. it says Christ will hit the mark for you. He's the one who hits the mark, and it's just an amazing find that you stumbled onto that word in that it literally the first meaning of it is to hit the mark. Unbelievable. And I know you're, you're understating how blown away those guys were at your men's study. I heard it really they were really taken back. By what they learned. I sent a text. I wonder if the guy will mind me reading it. Should I or should Yes. I? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Does it brag on us? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to read that. Bad boy. Let me see if I can find it here. Here's the text I received from him. And this is a guy awesome love this guy he he used to be in our group but he moved moved away but he still listens to the podcast and so he wrote 
Yes, Bill, I love this podcast. Christ within hits the mark. Makes me think of how you and I met, not by accident. I know I now have a whole new view of how I look at Scripture. Praying for you and Steve with your wonderful podcast. You reveal what seems to be a mystery to most Christians. God bless you. Love you, brother. Mentioned the guard dog, too. He got revelation, didn't he? He got revelation, and we got encouraged. We sure did. Yeah, that, that is encouraging. And to tell the truth, we're not glory hounds, but we need it. Yeah, it does. We're getting beat up a lot doing this podcast. So he we, mentioned another aspect of uh, always hitting the mark. It's also he makes meetings happen. Yes. That one I find the most amazing part of it because... There's things happening in the unseen realm that you have no idea how it came about. That's what the Holy Spirit interceding in Tengamo does. He makes, he causes you to meet up with people that encourage you, that He lines you. things up. He lines things, yeah. It, no wonder Paul says, I, I love when scriptures contrast, like be anxious for nothing, but in everything prayer and supplication uh, don't you love that everything and nothing be anxious but in everything prayer well how I'm always like how do I be anxious for nothing I, I must have to be getting doing everything right I must have to be on top of my game and making sure I meet with this person and, and it's, but if you understand this Hooper and Tengamo, you realize you really don't have anything to be anxious about. Because it won't change a thing, and you, humanly speaking, can't change a thing. You can't make the appointment you made stand. It may be canceled. But you can say, okay, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to pray about it. I, I, I don't know what to do here. I'm going to pray about it. And he makes it it happened and then you get people that throw cold water on it and say well is it if it be your will of course it's his will or he's not going to do it he's not going to end Tengamo against his will I know James 4.15 says if you don't say it's his will you sin (laughs) it is his will and then you you get that oh it's so spiritual sounding well if it's his will or sometimes it's his permissive will, but it's not the perfect will. He doesn't have a permissive will. You know, Father God, connect me with what I need to have, if it be your will. But, you know, if it's your permissive will, I'll be on the wrong track. And, well, you just, he just, he he permitted that to happen. And he, you know, it's either teach you a lesson. Or, is, or it's not. Right. There is no permissive will or perfect will. It, there's nothing in between. There's the word perfect will, mm-hmm. but everything is his perfect will if he's doing it. Yeah, yeah. There, there is the notion, like in, in Romans, where it says his perfect will, that his perfect will is done by Christ manifesting. His will is still being done whether we're in the human nature or not. We're not 
canceling out his will, it's still being done, but when perfection comes, that's when Christ is manifesting and his will is a, a glorified will. Yeah, futility is part of his will because it teaches us something. Yes. And it teaches us to depend on him. To, to not be anxious, but to, to pray. pray. And turn your anxiousness into prayer. If the anxiousness doesn't go away, we'll keep drowning it out with prayer. So there's no middle ground where it's like that's partly his will and partly it's not. You're either depending on him or you're learning that you should depend on him. You're, you're either living by the Spirit or you're, you're being taught not to depend on your, yourself. And both are his will to do that. So you're, you're growing. That's his will. Yeah, a lot of times his will seems to be you learning not to depend on yourself. I seem to, he seems to want to teach me that over and over and over again. And I keep saying, Lord, I got it. I got it. I, I don't need all this futility anymore. I, I know it doesn't get done without your will. You're a hard person to teach because you, you, naturally you're that type A personality. Just get her done. Get it. Go out and get it. Make it happen. And you've learned that even though you, you're out and trying to make it happen, everything you worked hard on failed. But the one piece that made it all perfect, it was him that entangled and made it happen. Yes, it was. I've, I've learned that. He, he comes out of left field and saves the day. That's usually how he does it for me. After I have just fallen on my face trying to get what I... Just take like a computer problem. I've got one where Podbean... You get a load of this, folks. Podbean has been charged me for an annual Podbean account in Pod, that's where that's our podcast account they charged me twice and then a third time for it so I'm two years ahead with Podbean and they're still get a load of this they're still charging me a monthly fee and they're charging even Bill a monthly fee and we can't get it to stop and we're calling everybody we are literally up to I'm corresponding with the FBI to try and get this problem solved and you watch and see God's going to solve it out of left field because I that's what happens when I try and solve a problem <laughs> it's been two years and I still haven't solved the problem it's sitting right there on my table we need an Ntengamo we need an Ntengamo. So we don't be anxious, but we just pray to God that he Ntengamos. And so we we contrasted those two words of Ntengamo and sin. Sin was missing the mark, and Ntengamo was hitting the mark every time. Definite contrast. The other thing it brings is when you get to Romans 8.1, after he says, who will, who will rescue me from this body of death? And he gives the answer, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. 
then he says something that you know the the next verse eight one there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus yeah he he Right before that, he says, I find this principle that evil's in me working against me and in my members. And then it goes into 8.1 where it says, uh, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Even though this thing is overpowering your human will and working in the members of your body and it's going to happen every day. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your sins and lawless deeds will be remembered no more. He made a contract with us that there would be no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. And one more thing. It says, for those who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. That's what the King James says. Yeah, but it's actually not there in, in the Greek. In the original, it's not there. And I think there's a couple more translations that have that. Yeah. It Now, it does say it in verse 4. Yes, it, it does. Yes, it does say it in verse 4. But to say there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who stop sinning is like, duh. <laughs> duh, yeah. But it says there's now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus period yes and the condemnation came from the Romans 7 I don't understand what I do the thing I try to do I parazzo I habitually do the thing or no wait the thing I try to do I don't do a single time but the thing I try not to do which in Paul's case was covet I habitually I, I habitually practice coveting. And then he says, who will rescue me from this body of death? And then, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, for now the law, the principle of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free. It's the spirit that entangamos. It's the spirit that hits the mark every time. When he hits the mark, you are free indeed. Who the sun sets free is free indeed, Jesus said. But do you know it says very little about condemnation in all of Paul's letters? Do you mean the word is not used very much? I mean the word is not used very much. In the original language. In the original language in Paul's epistles. And we'll look at one in John 3 and we'll look at one in Romans 5. Okay. So let's look at say Romans 5 maybe we can start in verse 11 okay I'm in John 3 if you want okay to. let's start in John 3 oh okay okay then we'll go to Romans okay I think it's 3 7 17 yes for God get a load of this you guys for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it but to save it so he didn't bring his son into the world for condemnation and then what does it say it, it says 
he did not come into the world to condemn it, but to save it through himself. He was going to take care of this. The condemnation in the world, he did not come to bring about. He came to save us from that condemnation. There's one condemnation that he is going to save us from, and then there's one that he doesn't save us from. And then I think 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but through the world he would save it. He who believes in the son is not condemned. He who does not believe has been condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. So he's condemned because he doesn't have faith. I always thought. What is it? What is he saying? He's saying, the one that believes in me is not condemned. But the one that does not believe in me is condemned already. So isn't it really saying the one who trusts in me is not condemned? Or the one that believes in me, trusts in me, means the same thing. Because because it's present tense, it's continual there. The one who keeps on always believing in me. So Paul in Romans seven, when he said, "The law is spiritual, but I'm unspiritual. I don't understand what I do. The very thing I want to do, I don't do." Is that Paul believing in Christ, or is that Paul not believing? That is Paul not believing actually in himself. Paul not believing in himself. When he's doing good. Even when he's doing good, yes. Right. He, when he's doing good, he's trust. He's believing in Christ. He's trusting him. He's relying on the Spirit. Yeah, when he's doing... Yeah, but I was going with what it was saying here, but when, when he's doing good, it's Christ manufacturing manifesting himself which Christ is the one who believes in Christ but when he's feeling wretched man that I am is he believing in Christ or is he thinking somehow he can pull this off he's thinking that he somehow failed to pull it off but he was trying real hard and he feels naked and ashamed or condemned so let's get this let's take the confusion out Okay. So, he who believes in me is not condemned. Can you say he's he who's believing in me, present tense, is walking by the Spirit or trusting yes, in the Spirit? Yes, it would be the Spirit that is believing. You think it's John or Joe. Is John who believes in me and Joe who doesn't. John is believing in me, so he's not condemned. No, no, it's not. It's the human, the mind of the spirit or the mind of the flesh. The mind of the spirit is double-minded and should never think it will receive anything from, Je- from, from God. James 1.4 Jesus isn't making a, a blanket statement. Anyone who walks forward at the, <laughs> in not, the church mm, and, and no. says, I trust in him as my savior... He's not doing a come down the aisle. And I'm not putting down that. That's cool. No, it's real cool. It's real cool. I've decided to follow Jesus. Love the song. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting Mm -hmm. that down either. No. And 
you're talking about what you said a minute ago. You said anybody trusting in me, that's it's not the believing. Condemned. That's the believing we're looking at. That's a picture of the believing that we're looking at. Like Paul said, I'm a flesh sold into bondage to sin. I'm doing what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I do want to do. That is not trusting in himself at all. He goes and says, who will set me free from this? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. At that moment, he's trusting in Christ. Exactly. And manifesting the Spirit. Spirit. He's now living by the law of the Spirit of the life in Christ, and that is setting set him free from the law of sin and death missing the mark and feeling condemnation that's what death means condemnation which can happen minute by minute just like jesus said oh flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you peter and then the next thing he says is get behind me satan because one minute the same god was in the spirit where flesh and blood didn't teach him that the next minute he's totally in the flesh where his father is the devil you but minute by minute you can manifest the flesh or the spirit this is a phenomenon that goes on all day long every day seven days a week 30 days a month 365 days a year every test that you receive is looking for a manifestation of either the flesh or the spirit and the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms are looking on tiptoe watching this grace that is given to us this grace called the holy spirit to manifest itself they long to look into such things they long to look into such things is i think the same word is used that of mary when she goes to the the tomb and it's empty she stoops down to look into these things because she doesn't understand right exactly exactly but we manifest the flesh or the spirit continually all through the day and And we'll show you eventually all the verses that back that up it'll take us months and months and months but eventually you'll see just how much of this new testament these epistles are talking about exactly what we are talking about about manifesting several times a day i know some of you have never wrestled with the idea and i'm hitting you with something that you never thought of before but don't in your mind say oh it's not true because i haven't heard it before mull it over you you watch what we're saying watch what we say in the next few weeks and tell us if we don't present a great case a a rock solid nail in the coffin case for the idea that we manifest christ all through the day okay so let's go to let's track this word condemnation down a little more okay let's go to romans 5 10. okay i've got it for while we were enemies we were reconciled to god through the death of his son hold your finger there you probably know it you know colossians 121 yeah when we were enemies where in our minds is that due to our evil behavior 
so isn't that the same thing here while we were enemies in our mind we're not enemies in the mind of god he has been reconciled to us that's why corinthians says he's been reconciled to us and we have the ministry of reconciliation so be reconciled to god <laughs> that's awesome it, so it's it's really saying if while we're enemies and we're enemies in our mind be reconciled to God think what he thinks and then it goes on to say having verse 10 for if while we were enemies and that is in our mind we were reconciled to God through the death of his son then how much more having been reconciled this is past tense past tense you've already been reconciled even though you weren't reconciled in your mind right there how much more will we be saved by his life? And that's not a one-time save. That's not saved from sin at the cross. How much more will he we be saved? How many more times during the day will Jesus save us from ourselves? O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is saving us each and every day several times a day he's saving us from putting our foot in my in our mouth and not acting like the model christian we all aspire to be isn't that what it's saying here how much more will we be saved by his life what is this law what is this principle called the law of the spirit of the life, life in christ has set, set me free saved me rescued me from the law of the sin and the death missing the mark every time and feeling condemnation because i missed the mark again so the one trusting in himself is already condemned but he's not condemned in reality he's condemned in his mind by thinking that he has to perform that it's all on him to do the good that apart from the vine he can do something please the lord yeah he can please the lord yeah. yeah and jesus clearly said apart from the vine you can do nothing except mess up and condemn yourself and then ask god to save you which all these verses are talking about in time in the time zone in time day-to-day salvations that jesus constantly does for us he's constantly living to intergamo for us constantly living inside of us you want to hear another mind blower yep look at verse 12 therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin in this way death spread to all men because all sin so where did that who will rescue me from this body of death it came from you or one man one man and that's in the corporate identity aspect that's where he saved us at the cross so the condemnation that you're feeling did not come from god saying you know you you weren't very nice to that person today 
you were supposed to do this, this, and this, and you did one halfway, and the other two you didn't do, and I'm going to make you feel condemned. Where do those thoughts actually come from, truthfully come from? They come because you believed. No, they came because one man believed a lie. Right, Adam. 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 One man said, you can be like God without God. No. The One serpent man did, said. Yes. The serpent said, you can be like God without God. You just need the tree of the knowledge so you know the good you ought to do and the sin you want to avoid. Isn't, that, wasn't that Paul's struggle? That's the good I ought to do, I don't do? That's where the nakedness came in. That's where they felt naked and ashamed. You are feeling the knowledge of the tree of the... You are feeling what the knowledge... The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is causing you to feel feel that condemnation. You are feeling what the law is causing you to feel. Isn't it the ministry of condemnation? It It says it verbatim. But then it says, and this is what I want to get straight. It says, the Spirit's ministry is righteousness. The Spirit intercedes for you and says, no, you're not condemned. You're righteous. Just like it says, the Spirit says in Hebrews 10, your sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. Where the Spirit is quoting from Ezekiel. The Spirit quotes from Ezekiel to you every time when you mess up that you are righteousness. The Spirit never has convicted you of sin, not one time. That's actually blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You've got your conscience, the edemic nature, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the law to give you those crummy feelings, but they don't come from the Spirit. The Spirit counteracts those crummy feelings that you feel when you're feeling convicted. They convicted you, and the Spirit reverses that. That's the Spirit's job. It says the ministry of the Spirit is righteousness. The ministry of the law is condemnation. They both have a ministry. The Spirit, the the Spirit's ministry is to make you feel righteous. Never, never pointing out your sins. Need to work on this. Yes. So it says that, that the condemnation came through one man. And he told God, I'm hiding because I was naked and ashamed. And what did God say to him? You're darn right you're naked and ashamed, right? No. He said, who told you? Because God's not going to tell you you're naked and ashamed. Did you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Which I told you not to. Did you think you could take on the law in your own human strength? That's who told you you were condemned. So... It says condemnation came through one man. We all inherited it. 
Yes. It's our natural response to try and do the good and know we can't. And now we're talking about day-to-day condemnation that we feel. So what was the, the lie that he believed? You can be like God, but without God. God's power, yeah. You can do the things of the Spirit in your flesh, in your human effort. You don't need God. And that was not a negative thing. That, that was, we have this fellowship, this wonderful fellowship, and you can do all things through me. And the relationship with Adam and God was just in the garden resting. There was no toiling. There was no thorns and thistles, which is, by the way, the definition of evil. The, the Ponderos word God is... God was serving Adam. Yeah. Which is exactly what he wants. The greatest is the servant of all. Do you realize God is the, the greatest? greatest? He's the servant of all. That's what he wants to do for you and I. He came to serve us. We, we are servants of Christ to other people, not to give Christ tea and coffee, but we serve our servants to the people around us because it's him inside who is being a servant to all through us. Which is what that word entengamo means. Inside, making it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he says, so sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. In this way, death spread to all men because all sin, for before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin is not taken into account without a law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam till the time of Moses. I'm trying to do it from memory, even though the the law hadn't been given yet. Right. Okay, so guard dog Steve, if there was no law, why were they dying from Adam till Moses? Whose sin were they dying from? For the one man, Adam. They were dying for Adam's sin. And then it says, let me get it here. Verse 15, but the gift is not like the trespass. Remember the trespass was Adam saying, I can do it in my own flesh, in my own human effort. I can live a life pleasing to God without. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if by one man's trespass, the many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. And the gift is not like the one man's sin because one sin came the judgment resulting in our word, condemnation to all men. To all men. The condemnation is not based on your performance under the law. Never was. The condemnation comes from what we inherited from Adam and believing that we have to perform to please God or not do certain things to please God or he'll be condemned or will be condemned. So why do we carry that over into our Christian life? When he says, the first thing he says in when he gets to the life of the Spirit, is there is therefore now no condemnation. What is he talking about? 
is he talking about now when you go to the bar or you smoke cigarettes again? No, no. You, you He's won't talking be condemned. about when you're trying your hardest to live the Christian life. And why is there no condemnation? Well, he starts it off at in verse 11. If while we were enemies, and where were we enemies? In our minds. minds he reconciled us through the cross. Yes. Do you know he, he went through all that for our sake? Yes. He didn't have to literally pay for all those sins. He did it so we would we would see what the gift really was. This is how much he loves us, and this is how much he wants us to know he loves us. He'll go to any length to make your conscience, which is the death feeling, which is the condemnation. He'll do anything to appease your conscience. So he says, I'll go to the cross. I'll die for your sins, which you think I'm holding against you. But he, he already knew that lambs laid before the foundation, before all this stuff happened. That's the thing right there. God has been trying to keep us from condemning ourselves and feeling condemned ever since Adam ate from the tree because God had to put Adam outside of the garden so he would never eat from the tree of life having felt condemned and live forever feeling condemned the condemnation that he felt God sent his son as a visual image his son paid for all our debts and we are not condemned anymore he's trying to fix that feeling Adam had in a grand worldwide way but you're not supposed to feel condemned anymore that's what God is trying to get rid of before he comes down and sits on the throne in Israel so there is therefore now no condemnation and end of the sentence it is the end of the sentence for those who are in Christ Jesus it isn't the end of the sentence when he said it is finished it means paid in full and Romans 5.11 says if we were reconciled doesn't reconciled mean debt paid in full and now you just have to worry about the, the individual sins that you now commit and feel put those for those. Yeah, and put yeah. those back. Under I the, see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. None of that is supposed to happen. Does that make you want to sin a bunch that you're not condemned when you? Not me. I've been trying always to please God all my life. My one mission is the one thing I wish I could be, and I feel myself failing all the time, but at least now I know not to feel condemned. You know, I think back to when Matthew was called. It's just many, many paragraphs that, that would take too long to read, but I think it says, Jesus saw a man named Matthew. And the word man is Adam, Adam, who was created mm -hmm. in the image of God, of God, which is the image of a tax collector. 
<laughs> right? And so he said, Matthew, I'm going to put you on probation, see how you do. I need you to stop being a tax collector. I need you to start living right. Right? It's all there in, in the calling of Matthew, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> no, he just says, follow me. And that was enough to change his life because he saw the way Jesus looked at him with no condemnation. And when you see the way God sees you, does that make sense? Yes. You see the way, if you understand the way God sees you in no condemnation, mm-hmm. then you get off the performance treadmill. Yes. The fact that you were reconciled to God in Romans 5, 11, 10 and 11 was that. The fact that you're reconciled to God, man, that just puts, it gets rid of the condemnation. And I mean, let's face it, you're, you're kind of afraid to have a friend that you owe a bunch of money to and you don't really want to hang around. It's very uncomfortable. You hide from them. Yeah. You just you make sure you're not where they are. Don't answer the phone when you see their number on caller ID. You just don't want to deal with it. You're so naked and ashamed. Yeah, which is what Adam felt, which is our definition I... of condemnation. And that's why there is no condemnation. And the condemnation he's talking about came from the idea that you could live life apart from God in your own strength. That's why Hebrews says you can come boldly to the throne with all confidence, having your heart sprinkled from a dirty conscience. Yes. There's that conscience again. It gets cleaned. You don't have to feel bad. Point one, Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation, period. Period. Point two, there is therefore now no condemnation. Sometimes it's a safeguard to repeat it. For the law of the spirit of the life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. Is that a picture of the garden? That's a picture of the tree of life, really. You make a choice right there to to take partake of the tree of life or partake of this law of gravity that is in the spirit of Christ that keeps you from feeling naked and ashamed. So don't eat from that tree. In other words, the tree of life has reappeared. Yes. And who is the tree of life? It's Jesus. Jesus is what the tree of life in the garden pictured. It's the, the law of the spirit of the life in Christ is the tree of life. He is the tree of life. I think that's in the book of Revelation. Doesn't it say that the tree of life is on both sides of the river of life? Yes, it is. And the fruit is for the healing of the nations. Yes. Well, we could certainly use some healing if you've been beat down by condemnation. 
year after year after year like I was. Me too, me too. I still need more healing. I'm going to tell you something that might surprise you. I was put under legalism for, I know, 20 years, man. And it scarred me. It scarred me. It, it messed me up. It took me a long time to unlearn some of the things that I learned. Erroneously learned. But you were actually fairly good at legalism from a comparative You mean state. battling against it? Yeah, you could... You had some result. You had some natural resolve, but it it wasn't enough. Not till I learned, unlearned all that stuff. I'm telling you, you can't imagine how much Christianity you can unlearn to get the Bible right. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to unlearn a lot, but in my case. I I can honestly say I realized pretty quick Quickly. that I, I couldn't do it. But then I lived in depression because I doubt, am I even a Christian? Yeah. Could I even be a Christian and do yeah. the things I do? Yeah. You, and it, you lived a legalistic Christian life only for a, 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 a year or two. Then I tried to sick. quit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did for a decade. Yeah, and you you actually kind of were better than most. I'm not bragging on you, but you could human determination. Uh, you did stop going to bars. You did do some of those things. I won't mention the things you did, but yeah, you, I, you did. But I did quit all that. But there was everyone has their Achilles heel, and you, you found you, you wanted to. Stop going to bars wasn't enough for you. You wanted to live this victorious life, and you weren't living that. And you were really, really trying to do it because you really didn't know about the the law of the spirit of the life in Christ, that no. principle yet. No, no. That's why James says the man who looks intently to the law that gives freedom and abides in it. I never knew that I just needed to abide in a principle, a law of dynamics. It is twice pictured as a principle in Romans 8.1 and in James maybe 2.24, somewhere in there. Um, It's pictured as a principle, a law of gravity. It's we're kind of reaching the end, Bill. Do you want me to just close us in prayer? Yeah. I think we'll have to do a James study soon here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I think there's a James study coming out. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, Father God, thank you that you allowed us to, to speak your words. And we didn't have to speak any of our words or our thoughts. They were all just biblical references to tell the truth. We just pointed to scriptures and read them and interpreted them. That's all we did. And we tried to get as close to the original language as we could, but you spoke through us because you brought us to all those scriptures and you pointed out the 
we made the pictures. Father, it was all you, and we give you all the glory because you're the only one who deserves the glory, Father. But I ask that you give everybody out there who listened to this podcast a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I hope that you open the eyes of their hearts so that they can know you better, Father. I want you to give them the ability to take root in what you said today, Father. And it's in your Son's name and his authority that I'm asking you to do this. Amen. Amen. Good night, everyone. Love you guys. Good night.